Hello and welcome to Princess in the Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Sawyers, and I'm going to talk Disney movies past and present. Once upon a time, Hannah and Ashley sat down to talk about Finding Dory. Welcome back. Thank you. So my fun question is, how many fish did you have growing up? Did you ever have a fish as a pet? I did. Okay, let me think. I had... I can't even tell numbers. No. <laughs> I, I killed so I had, many. I had a few. I didn't have a whole lot, but my very first fish was Hot Tamale. He was a beta, and he lived for several years, actually. And then I got three fish for one tank. They all died very quickly. And then I think I had, like, two more betas, so, like, six fish total, probably. That's not bad. That's not bad. I went through a phase of wanting to try and keep goldfish alive. And I don't know if you know this about goldfish, but they are very temperamental. And I had it in like a true bowl. So like it Mm -hmm. wasn't one that had a filter. So I had to always change the water and all the things. And so I I killed a few. It happens. It happens. (laughs) I feel like I did have one that lived like a pretty decent amount of time. Probably not a whole year. Probably a couple months. Which is a lot for a goldfish. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Yeah. So... We can tell the true story of why you picked this movie um, and my organizational (laughs) failure. (laughs) So (laughs) Hannah texts me and says, are you ready to do Finding Nemo? And I said, didn't I already do Finding Nemo? (laughs) I think I need to do Finding Dory. She says, no, I think it's the other way around. And so then we both kind of did our own investigating. And I think we found out about the same time that I did, in fact, do Finding Nemo. So now here I am doing Finding Dory. (laughs) Yeah. So, Ashley, when she first agreed to be one of my co-hosts, I she gave me a couple of movies she wanted to do. So, I put them on my dock as, like, these are the ones she wants to do. And we've gone through, I think we've gotten through all of them. And for some reason, in my head, you had Finding Dory and Finding Nemo on the list. Fun fact, Finding Dory was not on the list. And it was not one that you did. But I don't know if you remember this, but I got you a Finding Dory Pop Funko for Christmas. You did. It's over because there. Because I thought we did Finding Dory. <laughs> I thought that was the first one I did with you. So <laughs> welcome to the chaos of Princess and the Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Um, and I'm grateful that you continue to be a constant guest. So why don't you go ahead and give us a storyline? All right. So the story starts. We kind of get a very brief backstory of Dory's life. We don't know if she's in the ocean or what, um, but we see her parents trying to help her cope with her short-term memory loss and teach her to stay away from the undertow. That will be important later. Um, The scene then fades into um, like a forest of kelp almost, and we see a little tiny lost baby Dory and it progresses and we see her growing into an adult dory and she's trying to seek help from other fish in the ocean because she doesn't remember where her family's at we then run into marlin at the moment where um he's looking for the boat that took nemo from the original movie and so then at that point it fast forwards a year dory is living on the reef with marlin and nemo and nemo's class is going on a field trip of course and mr ray tells the class to watch out for the undertow and whenever he says that it kind of triggered 
a memory for Dory and she starts to remember something. And as the stingrays are passing, because they're watching stingrays migrate, as they're passing by, she kind of gets caught up in the chaos of it all. And she's swept away and she gets knocked out. When she's regaining her conscious, she's kind of mumbling something, but you can't really hear what she's saying. But Nemo heard what she was saying. And so when she's trying to remember, he then asks, are you trying to remember the jewel of the Morro Bay, California? And as soon as he said that, it just like all comes flooding back to Dory. She remembers her family and she swims to the drop off and she's going to go out and she's going to find them. She's going to swim to the jewel of the Morro Bay, California. Marlin, of course, is like, no, 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 don't do that. We've already done that. Um, And so he requires a little bit of convincing, but eventually he gives in and the whole gang sets off on an adventure to find Dory's family. So they get help from Crush and Squirt to get to the bay quickly. Once they arrive, Dory remembers her parents' names. And then Dory is scooped up by some fishermen on a boat, just like Nemo was. And she is taken into the Marine Life Institute that is in the bay. While there, she meets an octopus who actually only has seven tentacles, so he's a septopus. And his name is Hank. And he wants these this little tag that Dory has been tagged with to go to Cleveland because he doesn't want to return to the ocean. He wants to go to Cleveland. So they kind of come into an agreement. Dory will give him the tag. When he's trying to help her get to the exhibit where her family's at, um, they get separated because she pushes herself over into a bucket that has the word destiny on it, because in her mind, she's like, well, that's my destiny, so I need to go there. Um, It is actually a bucket full of dead fish meant for a whale shark named Destiny. So Dory gets thrown in, and we come to find out Destiny actually knows Dory from whenever she was younger, so she is going to try and help her get to her family, and she knows how to get to the exhibit through the pipes. And she tells Dory the directions, but it's just too much for Dory to handle. She's like, I can't do that. So Hank is there now, and they're devising a new plan to get Dory to the exhibit. Meanwhile, Marlin and Nemo are still in the bay, attempting to get into the Marine Life Institute to find Dory. They get scooped up in a bucket by a crazy bird named Becky, who flies them into the Institute. And they have their own little chaotic adventure, and they're thrown into... A tank at the gift shop. We'll get back to that. Um, so Dory and Hank are now once again working together to make their way to the open ocean exhibit, which is where we find out her family is actually at. Um, so Dory's trying to direct him there by reading the signs, but she forgets what she's doing and she sends him in the wrong direction. And they end up in the kid zone, which is where Hank did not want to go because kids poke <laughs> and grab. And so he didn't want to go in there. Um, They have their whole little chaotic thing with the kids. And then he gets poked and he inks. And Dora's like, hey, man, it's fine. Everyone does it. Um, And then they come up out of the water and they see that the open ocean exhibit is actually right next to the kids zone. So it all worked out. So they kind of climb up over the big tank and she's getting ready to jump in and she's telling him like, I don't think I'm going to forget you. And he's like, I'm never going to forget you either. And it's this nice little, nice little moment between the two of them. And then he just dumps her in there and she's swimming around and she's trying to find everybody. She can't find anyone. Um, But then she sees some shells and they're in like a little trail. So she follows this trail all the way to what used to be her home, but her parents aren't there. 
Then there's two little crabs and they're like, what are you doing here? Where's your tag? All the blue tangs are in quarantine, which is literally where she started. So they were there, maybe, the whole time. Um, so these crabs try to give her directions through the pipes. She really doesn't have any other option but to go off into the pipes by herself. She wanders in and she very quickly gets lost because she couldn't remember if she already took a left or if she took two lefts and then she's going to take a ride and it's just, it's, it's a mess. So she then remembers she can talk to Destiny through the pipes. So she starts speaking whale and Destiny and Bailey then try to help her get through the pipes using echolocation. While in the pipes, Marlin and Nemo run into Dory. Yay, they're reunited. Um, and the three of them find their way to quarantine and then they find the tank that's full of blue tank. So Hank helps them get into the tank, um, but Dory finds out that her parents are not there. After she got lost several years ago, they went into quarantine to try to find her, and then they were never seen again. Sad day. So Hank then scoops Dory out of the tank, meaning to also scoop up Merlin, Merlin and Nemo, but that did not happen. So they're still in the tank, and Dory's gone. The tank is then loaded onto the truck to go to Cleveland, um, and Dory falls back into the ocean through a series of events. <laughs> um, so Dory once again finds herself lost and alone in the bay. She's wandering around trying to remember who she's trying to find because she really can't even remember Marlon and Nemo now because she's just so overwhelmed. And she finds a trail of shells. And she's like, wait a second, I like shells. So she follows this trail and she sees this large network of shells. And at the center of it, there's like a little home. And so she swims towards the home and she turns around and you see two little figures swimming towards her. And it turns out it's her parents. So they spent all this time laying out trails of shells so that she could find her way home. Ugh, it just warms my heart. Um, so she apologizes to them for getting lost. Obviously, they're like, it's not your fault. Um, but then she remembers that she needs to find Marlon and Nemo. So they work together to try to get into the truck to save them. Bailey and Destiny jump over the wall because they're going to try to help. And so they're swimming over trying to trace this truck until they basically can't go any further. But there's a bunch of otters. And Dory's like, people love otters. So she tells the otters to go into the street on the highway and just cuddle so it'll stop traffic. And it works. So then Destiny throws Dory into the air and she lands in the truck and she manages to save Nemo and Marlin. But Becky, who is the one that came to scoop them up and take them out of the truck, forgets to take Dory. So now Dory's stuck on the truck and Marlon and Nemo are in the ocean with everybody. So now they're trying to get Dory back. Um, it seems like there's just no hope at all. And Dory's just going to go to Cleveland and she's never going to see her family again. But then she spots an emergency exit and we all know that Dory can read fabulously. So she knows that that is an exit and she tells Hank and they go ahead and exit out the little hatch on the top of the truck. And then they literally hijack the truck from the drivers um, and they drive back to the ocean and Hank has to steer the truck off of a cliff and it sends them and all the other fish in the back of the truck flying into the ocean and Dory's back with her family. And then it cuts back to the reef and uh, Dory is there. She's playing hide and seek with her family. We see Hank and Destiny and Bailey also moved back to the reef. So they're all together. Um, and then Dory tells Marlon that he, she's going to go to the drop off just to enjoy the view. 
obviously we all know that Marlin worries a lot. And so he's afraid she's just going to get lost and he follows her, but then he finds out that she really is just sitting on the edge of the drop off, enjoying the view. And that's it. Yeah. Great job. Okay. <laughs> when I think about this movie, um, it's definitely a very different perspective because of, you know, Dory and her disabilities and, it really like causes you to pause and think about the lives that parents of children with disabilities lead. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you see at the beginning of the movie, they're really trying to teach her coping mechanisms, teaching her safeguards. And in the end, it's not enough. And it's, it's not that the parents did anything wrong. It's that this disability has just really crippled her. And so I think it's really interesting uh, to watch this from, a teacher perspective and from an adult perspective and think about, you know, what it would be like um, to have a child. I don't, I don't actually know anybody with short-term memory loss, but if you think about it in the terms of a, you know, overall a disability, it's definitely um, thought provoking and very interesting um, as the first movie was about a child with a disability. And so it's just really neat to see how these movies have evolved. And um, I really enjoyed getting to see Dory like kind of go through her life path and figure out where Mm -hmm. she belongs. I think when this movie came out, we didn't really know what it was going to be. You know, we knew it was called Finding Dory and everyone said it was a prequel, but it's really not a prequel, but it kind of is. It's, it is it's, for like a second. And yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah it, it's giving you the story of a character from the past. Mm-hmm. And so I can see both sides of it. Um, it's definitely interesting to see how that goes. Any other thoughts you have about the storyline? Um, not necessarily the storyline itself, but there were some things that I noticed that I just, it just piqued my curiosity. And I know it's probably nothing that kids would be like, oh, that's wrong. But yeah, my adult brain is like, Nemo and Marlin get thrown into this tank at a gift shop with like a little toy fish. Mm-hmm. There's no way that that water is salt water, right? Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have been able to survive. And then Dory is in the driver's water bottle in the truck. And same thing. That person is not drinking salt water. I, at least I hope not. So that just I, that's something that I just noticed. And I was like, hmm. Okay. Science. <laughs> Science. <laughs> um, and then also there's an end credit scene in true Pixar fashion. Um, and we see the original gang from the tank in Finding Nemo. They are still in their bags from when they escaped the dentist's office and they are floating around and they have made their way all the way to the jewel of the Morro Bay. And <laughs> ah, yes, freedom. We made it. And then they're scooped up by the same fisherman that took Dory and they're taken into the Marine Life Institute. <laughs> and that's where it's all. Yeah. But hopefully they will follow the three steps. Hopefully. Rehab. I don't remember the second one. And release. Yeah, they Re- say rehabilitation. It, like, no, no, rehabilitation is the first one. Uh, yeah, I thought I it was. I don't remember what I it thought is. it was. Rehab, and then another word, and then release. Yep. Because there yep. are three. Because they even like reference it later on. He's like, like Sigourney Weaver says, <laughs> the three steps. <laughs> yeah, I it don't is, remember what it is. <laughs> it is so funny. Like throughout this movie, like the random like things that like stick out. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
And so, like, that can lead us straight into our characters, which are Dory, Marlon, Nemo, Hank, Destiny, Bailey. And we do have Sigourney Weaver, who acts as a sort of narrator. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she is the official voice of marine life in the Morro Bay, California, um, which I think is so, like, extremely random. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like out of all the people in the world, which I know she's a very conservation minded person, but it's like, you you didn't want Kristen Annie Bell or, you know, (laughs) classic Disney princess voice. Um, It's just really funny. So who are your favorites and why? Um, I mean, really, I like everybody. Everybody has their very interesting little quirks that make them very lovable. Um, but I'm always going to love Dory the most. She's just the best. You know, she, she has, like you said, this disability and she just gets through life. She just keeps on swimming and she's always so happy and she just kind of goes with the flow because she can't really do anything else. Yeah. She doesn't complain about it. So mine is uh, destiny because she befriends Dory and doesn't even like, get upset when she realizes that Dory has absolutely no idea who she is. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's really sweet and really fun that like they get to be reunited and I just, I love her character. Um, so quotes, what's your favorite quote from this movie? Okay. I have a couple. Um, so one is at the beginning when they first find themselves in the Bay and Dory is listening to Sigourney Weaver and she says, Sigourney Weaver's going to tell us where we are because they're like, no, 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 we need to come up with a plan. And she's like, no, 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 guys, she's got it. And in case Um, you're wondering, the way that the fish knows Sigourney Weaver is who's talking is she does, she, she announces herself. Yes. She says, I'm Sigourney Weaver and this is Marine Life or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So that's how they know. Dory just knows that there's somebody named Sigourney and she's going to help them. (laughs) Um, And then my other favorite one is when Marlon and Nemo and Dory are in the pipes and Dory is talking to Destiny and Destiny is talking back. And Nemo says, Dory really does speak well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's a fun one. Yeah, that was a fun piece from (laughs) the original movie that they pulled in. Like, you know, she always says she can speak whale and you're like, whatever. And then like, no, she she really does. Like, she knows how to do it. Um, Mine is Bailey is trying to hype Destiny up to like make the jump. And she's like, I'm not rehabilitated or whatever because she keeps like knocking into walls or something. Mm-hmm. And Bailey goes, there are no walls in the ocean. And it's like, it sounds like this big philosophical statement, but like, (laughs) he's just stating a fact. Yeah. (laughs) So, sequels. Would you want a sequel to Finding Dory? Uh, I mean, it's so hard. It is. It's like, you want more of these characters, but you love the stories as they are. Exactly. And so, so like... Normally, I would say no to this kind of thing, but Pixar gave us a sequel to Finding Nemo that we never really knew that we needed. Yeah. So I'm sure if they gave us another sequel to this or something to continue the story, it would be just as phenomenal as the first two. 
Um, and we would see it and we'd be like, oh my gosh, this was perfect. It ties in perfectly. But at the same time, I'm also perfectly happy with how the story is right yeah. now. And so. like, what would that story even look like? You know, we've gotten Marlon's backstory. We've gotten Nemo's backstory. We've gotten Dory's backstory. Yeah. Like, what are we going to do? Exactly. Nemo goes to college. <laughs> Marlon gets lost. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Like, we don't know the magnificence that they can come up with but you know it is it is very much wrapped um Mm -hmm. that's how i felt about toy story you know every single one you're like nope can't we don't need any more we don't need any more then four comes around and four's just as good and i'll fight someone for that and we needed it (laughs) <laughs> yes, we did. We needed every single one. They were precious. Mm-hmm. Um, so that leads us into our last question. What's your favorite moment? Um, I have a couple. So, Because this movie is just too great. I can't just pick one. Um, so first is when Marlon is explaining to Dory that she can't go on the field trip with the class because she has trouble remembering things. And she says, that's the one thing I can remember. <laughs> um, I thought that was very funny. Um, and also when we find out where Dory learned her Just Keep Swimming song from, she learned it from her parents because they were just telling her, you know, just keep swimming and they sing the song and it's this happy little moment. Um, and then also when the two, I don't know if they're sea lions or seals. I think they're sea lions because I think sea lions have whiskers Yeah, and seals don't. Maybe. Question mark. Not a science science teacher. (laughs) Asterisk, not a zoologist. (laughs) Um, So whatever they are, they are like guarding this rock. Or they're not really guarding it, but that's like their rock where they hang out. And they jump off the rock to follow Dory and her parents and everyone when they're chasing this truck. Because I go, oh, you got to see this. Um, And then Gerald, he's like the dumb sea lion seal thing. Also disabled. Yes, also disabled, and they don't want him to sit on the rock with them. Like, they're always like, no, 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 get off, get off, get off. But he finally gets his chance to sit on it whenever they swim away. So, yeah, I was like, good job, Gerald. Yeah. Okay, any final thoughts you have? I have have just a random one that popped into my head. Finding Dory came out right before everyone found out Ellen was a terrible person. So I wonder if that is going to put a kibosh on any other Nemo adjacent stuff or, or at, at the very least Dory adjacent stuff. It's possible unless they could find a voice actor to replace Ellen. I'm sure yeah. somebody out there can do an Ellen impression. <laughs> That's true. So. That's true. That would be the only way I could see them doing it because I don't, I don't see Disney working with Ellen anymore. Yeah. Anymore. So. So, so interesting the way the world works. And uh, when I think about Finding Nemo, I always think about the seas at Epcot and the Finding Nemo ride. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. (laughs) And for the first time ever, when I went to Disney this time, I went to Turtle Talk with Crush. And it's a fun little show. And you are in a tank. And he's, he's watching you instead of us watching him and so it's really cute Uh um i did love that we start the movie off with a little bit of crush 
but not a lot yes. of crush. Not a lot, but we get to see them. Yeah. you know, he makes, they're fan favorites. <laughs> yeah, makes an appearance, but not mm-hmm. as much as we might like. Well, mm-hmm. thanks so much for being on. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you joined us for this week's Princess in the Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Princess in the Podcast and on Twitter at Princess and Pod. Visit our website, princessinthepodcast.com. I hope you live happily ever after.